You're listening to Working Girl Talk, the podcast by and for professional women. I'm your host, Abby Zufeld. As a marketing expert in the corporate world and a side hustler myself, you'll hear the real girl talk on all things workplace and work life with me and my esteemed guests who have been exactly where you are. Working Girl Talk is on a mission to make your workday better. Now, let's talk. Hello friends, welcome back to Working Girl Talk. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you are having a wonderful day wherever and whenever you are listening to this podcast. Just take a deep breath and let's dive into the episode. Today is going to be a fun one. I'm so excited to share it. As any other episode, we're going to start off with some some headlines and then we're going to dive into our interview with Alex Kraling of High Moon Studio. Yes, She's here today. I'm so excited. So first headline from Business Insider, McDonald's new throwback deals promotion lets customers purchase items like cheeseburgers, milkshakes, fries for under 35 cents on Thursdays. So this throwback deal is actually a throwback to when McDonald's was first founded in 1955. They had the same sort of deal then, so they're just bringing it back. So there you go. Thursdays will be the day for you. Next headline from Business Insider, Apple is working on a VR AR headset that is expected to be released as soon as 2022, Bloomberg reports. The headset will be an expensive device that paves the way for more mainstream AR glasses, they say, in the upcoming years. Apple has been exploring VR and AR technology for years, and Tim Cook, who's the CEO, has described augmented reality as promising. So Apple's diving into this in the pictures in the article. It's similar to what those Google Glass glasses looked like a few years ago. So they're getting to the AR, VR, whatever are headsets. What do we think of these? I've only used one once and it was at like an art museum and I don't think my headset was on correctly because it was so blurry. And then finally at the end, I like shoved it down my face a little more and it was clear. So I just had issues. But honestly, it's not really my cup of tea. I mean, maybe they'll do something cool with it. I just don't really know what the application is. Like unless you're, I don't know, maybe some sort of visual storytelling. I know people use it for that. I guess we'll see. And for video games. I forgot about that. If you're a gamer, maybe this is something for you. But Apple is diving into the VR AR headset space. Next headline, according to CNBC, Alphabet, which some background, that is Google's parent company. So they're shutting down and it's experimental internet beaming balloon business. Loon, that's what it's called. So this whole sentence, you're probably like, wait, what? So Loon was these gigantic balloons that Alphabet had hoped to beam internet to rural areas of the world. Like they'd send these big balloons up to space or really high and they'd want internet in different parts of the world that maybe didn't get it. Loon, however, could not get costs low enough to spin out on its own. The company said this week, it's the second type of project that Alphabet has kind of shut down this year. Have you ever even heard of Loon before this? I had not, but funny name, interesting concept, 
sad to see it's gonna go but maybe they'll think of something else that's less expensive and they can keep their costs low those are some headlines for today and now we are diving into our working girl talk guest alex Kraling. alex is the ceo and founder of high moon studio a branding and website design agency that focuses heavily on education with its designer training courses alex has over 10 years of experience designing brands and websites she's run two successful companies and has her master's degree in global strategic communications with an emphasis in art direction. Her background is in advertising, and she has experience working with companies such as IBM Watson, MTV Japan, Olive Garden, and more. Olive Garden, yes. High Moon Studio recently hit its second birthday, and Alex has scaled the business from 85K in its first year to 700K plus in its second. Go, Alex. Her passion is helping others to do the same sustainably in their life and business. How beautiful is that? In this interview, we talk about her story, how she even got to starting High Moon Studio and kind of her design career journey all from the very beginning. We also talk about getting an education in the designer career space, especially if you're a creative, what kind of training you need and her thoughts on that. And we also talk about how branding has evolved over the past years and top three branding mistakes to avoid. So get those notepads out, get that computer out because she has a ton of great insight to share and it's always interesting and helpful to hear other perspectives in the creative space. Welcome, Alex, to the show. So excited today. Guys, get those notepads out, get the pencils, or you can use a computer if you are not old school like me, and get ready to take some notes because today we have Alex with us from High Moon Studio. Hello, Alex. Welcome. Hi. So, so excited, excited to be here. <laughs> Yay, I'm so excited to have you. This is so fun. For just anyone who may not know or may not follow you yet, I'm sure they will after this episode, can you give us just a brief little intro, who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Alex Kraling. I am the founder and I like to say visionary behind High Moon Studio, which is Originally, it started out as a brand and website design studio, but now we've started doing trainings and masterclasses. So we teach up incoming designers and we also teach business owners to take control of their visuals. So they're able to, you know, do their own branding, do their own website design so that they're not left in the dust um, when it comes to, you know, their website and such. So that's what we do at Hyman Studio. Right off of that, you saying that, I'm like, I love that because as somebody who's worked with clients, I know, and on the other end too, like I'm a client, I, you know how powerful that is when like, I can't make the website change myself. You have to go through somebody. So I love that you're empowering people to do it for themselves. I think that's so cool. Yeah, totally. I think there's so much, which I'm sure we'll get into, um, so much that needs to change because this industry as a whole, just small business um, entrepreneurship, digital entrepreneurship specifically is changing so rapidly, so quickly that on, that owners, business owners should have the ability to do things themselves so that if they're, you know, chilling on a Sunday and come up with a great idea for a new course or a training or a product, they can easily just go to their website, create a sales page and launch it that same day. So that leg that you normally get mm-hmm. where, And I think about like the old school website designers where they had to code everything and it'd be like, okay, in order to make one little change to my website, it's going to take two weeks. Mm -hmm. That is not acceptable anymore. 
like not acceptable <laughs> at all. So everything that I do really is for the client and for the student as to like, even the website platform I work in, every single thing that I do is like, how do I empower these people to do these things themselves and set them up for success so that they don't, you know, have that leg time because leg time is money lost. Totally. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah, I need to write. I'm glad we're recording because that is like a standout quote right there. <laughs> yes. Love that. So, so true. Let's rewind a little bit and go back in time in typical working girl talk fashion and hear about your story a little bit more. And from what I know about you, it seems like that entrepreneurial spirit was always in you. So was there like a defining moment for you that you knew you were meant to be like a creative, to be in this space? Yeah. So I'm going to go way back right now. <laughs> Good, um, love it. So... <laughs> Basically, I started designing in my space, which I know so many people in this industry started the same way. So I found my space. I found Photoshop on my dad's computer. That's how it all started. I had like this secret life. I didn't tell my family about it because I was talking to random people on the internet and I knew that they'd freak out. And I didn't even tell my friends either because it was just, I don't know. I just felt very alone, but it was so liberating to me. I was obsessed with it. So that's how it all started. And then I went to undergrad at University of Minnesota. I just went, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just got a communications degree. I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. Um, I knew that I was always creative though. So like, even as a kid, I, for all of my birthdays, I would get arts and crafts. I was not a Barbie person. <laughs> you know, I was like arts and crafts and like video games, like computer games was my jam. So I've always been this way. So crazy. If you're somebody out there who has not found your passion, look back to what you enjoyed doing as a child. That's a little tip because generally it's, you know, back then we were so pure. I know. <laughs> you know? It's like, gosh, we just <laughs> did what we loved all the time. Yes. So simple. Yes. Then I went to grad school. I decided, so I got a job at a marketing, uh, I got a job as a marketing director, which sounds very like, oh my God, she got a job as a marketing director. Um, but it was for this like small pool company. I was not special. I just basically was like, listen, I can do graphics. Like I've never been to school for it, but I can figure it out. I love doing it. I've been doing it since I was in middle school. And that's where it all started. So I started designing like little small pool company websites on WordPress and designing logos and all of, all of it's really ugly, you know, looking back. But I tried. I was learning. It takes a long time to, to find your groove when it comes to design. And so that really enticed me. And somebody told me about Miami Ad School, which is an advertising program. Um, so I decided I'm going to do it. I, and I grew up in Minneapolis area, Wisconsin, but right on the border. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go to grad school in Miami. So I moved down to Miami, went to grad school there. It was an art program and a graduate program like together. So I got a graduate degree and an art degree. And then that basically took me into advertising. So I started interning. I actually interned in Tokyo at an agency for three months, lived there for a little while. I came to LA and interned at an agency here for three months. And it was great. It was great. Agency land is a little um it needs reform in my opinion. That's like a whole nother topic. Agree. It's kind of wild. Um, and I just kind of, you know, I loved being artistic, but I didn't love not having control, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. not in a negative way, but more so in a like, 
I want to try a bunch of things. Like I want to be the one to pave new paths and do new things. And I don't want to get, have to get somebody's approval to do that. Yes. Yeah. That's such a big thing in agencies. So limited. And I hated that. I don't like being put in a box. That is just not me. So I, after school, I was, I finished up my thesis and I was looking for jobs in advertising because that's where I thought I was going to go. Even though I knew that there were some parts of it that weren't like 100% what I wanted, but I just thought, oh, I'm just going to go and do my time and become a creative director. And then at that point I can, um, you know, do whatever I want type of thing. And I was looking for jobs. I was interviewing at like Apple, some really high end agencies here in LA and nothing stuck. And it was really frustrating because I was like, I was at the top of my class. Why is nothing sticking? I don't understand why I'm not getting a job. And at the time I was dating somebody and we just decided we became in love with van life, (laughs) which is so wild. And so we decided, screw it. Let's just do our own thing and convert a van and travel around the United States and design. And he was a videographer. So it was, we created this little agency where I did branding website design. He did videography and he shot a lot of documentaries. So we basically went around the U S to the spots that he needed to shoot. And then I could just work wherever, you know, at a Starbucks or what have you. So I lived in a van. That business was called Creatives in a Van. (laughs) So I did that for a year, which was really fun. And that really got my toes wet when it came to owning a business. Very hard. It was very difficult, but luckily we were living in a van. So we didn't have many expenses, which was nice. (laughs) So then my boyfriend and I separated. My whole life fell apart because, you know, we lived in the van together. We had a dog, which was his, the business we had together. And I, of course, didn't want to be a part of that anymore. So literally my life fell to pieces. It was, I was left with nothing. And I was like, why did I do this to myself? You know, why did I put all of my eggs in one basket? But it was okay. And then I moved home back to Wisconsin because my dad got sick And he went through a crazy 16-hour surgery, has cancer. And Mm -hmm. so I was there to just help out because my mom was working nine to five every day. So I knew that I could be there and run my business and take him to his appointments and stuff, which was a blessing, you know, to be able to spend that time with my family. Um, Even though I felt like a loser, I was like, I'm 27 years old (laughs) living in my parents' basement. What is going on with my life? But it was all good. And that's where Highland Studio started. So I literally, I started Highland Studio in the hospital waiting room when we were waiting on my dad in surgery. I just was like, I'm not going to let this break me. I'm picking myself back up. I'm getting clients. I'm going to do this. And I did, started it, you know, and just it's, we've scaled so quickly. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a wild ride, but I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Obsessed. That is so awesome. That reminds me, like, I'm going to get cheesy here for a sec, but that reminds me of that quote. It's like your biggest setback prepares you for your biggest comeback. And I feel like that's like right there. Exactly that. Like, when I think so many women, especially women listening relate to that, especially with this year, how crazy it's been like not getting the job, not knowing why, not knowing why all of these things happen. But when you look back, it's like, wow, like everything was supposed to happen that way. Oh my gosh, 150%. I believe that deep in my bones. I am never worried about things that go wrong even today because anything that goes wrong, I'm like, well, something better is coming along. Something better is going to happen. Everything happens for a reason. And I tr- like have full faith in the universe and that you know, what I need is going to be given to me. 
So in those moments that really, really drove me. And I think a lot of times too, when you're in that low place, having something like my business is my baby, you know, it means so much to me. It's not just a business. It's literally my life. And I'm so connected to it deeply. I always talk on my channels about how your business, you have to go into your business as if it's a marriage. Like this is a lifetime thing, baby. You know, like I'm not just growing you for like two years and then we're going to break up. No, this is lifetime. Like I will do whatever it takes to make this work wherever I'm at in this, this business, you know, in the journey. So I love it. Love it. And I'm sure a lot of girls relate to that listening too. like our businesses, our babies, it's our child. It's our husband. My husband's always like, I thought you were done with work. And I'm like, well, this is my other work. Like after I'm done with work, I work on the podcast, but I really like that High Moon Studio has that focus on education that you have courses, you do the designer training. You just have a really big emphasis on education, which I really appreciate. So can you talk about that? Cause you are somebody like you've been to grad school, you did undergrad, you also had to learn a lot of things yourself and now you offer training. Can you kind of talk to that decision to move into the education space and why? Yeah, totally. So first things first, I learned this very quickly in business, um, which this is something that can be placed on the education piece as well. It's that um, you think that all businesses are run the same and that you have to do the same thing as everybody else. And there's like this structure and that's not the case at all. Like you literally can do whatever you want in your business, which is really exciting um, because you can change things. And that's how I view education now. I strongly believe education, especially in the creative field needs reform. Just like I'm speaking about agency, like structure also needs reform. So often education platforms or schools about creative work as well as agencies, they focus on the work more than they focus on the human. And I hate that. I, I think it's so important that we look at each other and we have compassion and say, listen, you know, you are more important than the work and I'm going to actually teach you how to do this stuff. And the reason why I started training trainings in general and education was because I didn't learn what I know in how I started this business in school. I didn't learn any of it in school. School, really, I look back and I'm like, school was just about finding connections. And how BS is that? I'm sorry, but I should not have to pay. Like my grad school was like really expensive, like a hundred grand expensive. I shouldn't have to pay a hundred grand to get some connections. Seriously, that's messed up. And the fact that they don't look at the students and where things are going in industries and say, this is what we're going to teach. But instead they teach more traditional things that society deems as things that we should learn when really they give us no value. It's just busy work. It's so silly to me. And it's really sad because I get so many people who message me, especially young creatives. And they're like, should I go to school? Should I go to school? And I'm like, you don't need to go to school. You don't need to go to school. First of all, how special is it that you know that you want to do this already? Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was 18 or 21 or 25. The fact that people know already is so special at such a young age. And creatives, it's really frustrating to me. I think that we need to start demanding more respect because I could be, I make more money than a doctor. Probably not every doctor, right? <laughs> you know, but I definitely make more money than some doctors who've gone to school for many, many years. And you don't need to do that in a creative field. You know, I, there's just so much of it. And the fact that it's so expensive, I'm sorry. Ugh. 
I just, I can't, you know, I can't even deal with it. It's like, here, go into massive amounts of debt in order to start a business that in the beginning, when you're starting a business, you're not making tons of money, right? Like my first year I made $85,000, which I, I was really proud of. I was like, this is amazing. I am like killing it. (laughs) And now I look this year and I'm like, oh my gosh, um, the amount that we've scaled, but it is, I just think I want to help people and I want to help students, specifically creative people who have so much passion and drive and they're so smart. Creativity is not just about art. It's about strategy and how you can make the world a better, I mean, art makes the world a better place. It truly does. So the amount of like headspace that goes into creating, it's so it's just so much and it's so beautiful. And I think that we all need to foster more creative energy in this world, especially with everything that's going on right now. And so the fact, I basically want to be a person to be like, listen, you don't have to go to school and spend, you know, thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars on getting a degree. That's not going to teach you anything just because society tells you that you should have a degree. That doesn't make any sense. When I'm hiring, tell me about who you are. What are you passionate about? What are you good at? It's all about seeing like, what it, what is this person truly, what do they love to do and how, you know? Cause once you get those steps, when somebody loves to do something, they're going to do it 200 times better than anybody else who doesn't love doing it. So, so it's true. just about finding those parts of yourself. And I want to be that person to help creatives do that mm-hmm. instead of them feeling like they need to follow society or they need to just go to college because their parents want them to. For somebody who maybe doesn't have that formal training and maybe feels a little insecure about it, what do you have any advice for somebody who like wants to prove their worth? Like how can they prove their worth and show it maybe even if they don't have like a degree in like the designer creative branding space. Yeah. I think it's literally about doing a bunch of work. It just is about educating yourself. There are resources everywhere. There's absolutely no excuse. Like I have my free five-day masterclass. You can go to YouTube and find any tutorial that you would ever want. There's Skillshare, there's Linda or whatever it is. There's all of these amazing resources online there's absolutely no excuse. You have everything at your fingertips. The only excuse that you have is yourself and you know, you being lazy. And trust me, I get lazy sometimes too. <laughs> and life gets in the way and all of the things, but you have to be willing to accept and just accept those parts of yourself of like, listen, I've been lazy. You know, you have, you have to be honest with yourself when it comes to this stuff. Um, but you can learn every single thing yourself. I learned everything that I do right now myself just by Googling truthfully. Um, and obviously there's, it's a lot of self-confidence. It's mind, body, soul when it comes to, to business, owning a business. Like you have to have the right mindset. Like I was talking before, you have to be like completely dedicated and married to your business. I am never going to let High Moon Studio tank. I know that for a fact. And a lot of like Shark Tank, you know, let's go back to Shark Tank. A lot of times they invest not in the business, but in the entrepreneur. You know, that Mm -hmm. entrepreneur could have started hundreds of other businesses and they would have still invested because they're investing in the person and their skills and their abilities. As entrepreneurs, every single month, I mean, maybe not every month, but definitely every year, definitely every six months, our roles change. If we are growing, if we're not growing, they're not going to change. But if we're growing, 
according, you know, as we should, our roles are constantly changing. So it's literally being an entrepreneur is all about adapting. Um, so it's about having the confidence and the mindset to understand that like, I will do whatever it takes. And in the beginning, that is education. That is saying, okay, I want to do this. I trust myself. I know I'm going to suck at first, but it's going to be okay. (laughs) And I just have to start and I just have to do as much work as I can because that's the only way to get better. And it's also about understanding that failure is not personal. It's something I feel every day, every single day on something or other, you know, we all do it but you can't let it get you down. It's, you just have to persevere, tenacity, all of those types of yummy words. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're saying so many great quotes. I'm like, oh, like this could be a graphic. This could be a graphic. I love it. <laughs> it I love awesome. my quotes. <laughs> it's awesome. So as a business owner and a creative studio business owner at that, what have been like, what's been like the biggest surprise to you? Like the good and the bad. I would say the surprise is like my role shifting. That was a huge surprise to me because I thought, you know, when I started this, I was just going to be designing brands and websites now, which is, is very new for me. We're actually starting a new age style agency at High Moon Studio. It's not mm-hmm. like a typical agency. It's a new age style agency because I always like doing things different, of course. Um, but that this is like a whole new role for me. So when I started, I was just a creative, right? I was working with the clients. I was doing this, I was doing that. And it also something that's surprising in the beginning is you still, because you're owning your business, it doesn't mean that you get to do whatever you want all the time, you know, like invoicing and oh, just figuring that stuff out. It's a headache. It is. Um, but once you nail it, it's all good, right? It's, it's fun. You have to look at things as like a fun, I'm going to just enjoy the journey and have fun with all of these challenges that I'm going to face. Um, but yeah, just the shifting roles, like I didn't expect that. So now I'm, I'm still designing a bit, but now my role is more so like I'm managing a team. And how do I do that? Because I've never managed a team before. So it's about just really figuring it out as you go. And also another thing too, is like the overwhelm. Cause when you start a business, you're like, Oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much to do. Um, and I always thought that that was going to change. But the fact of the matter is if you are an entrepreneur or a business owner, you are 100% always going to feel overwhelmed. Always. It's just about how you learn to work with it. It's not about like, oh, that overwhelm is going to go away. It's understanding it's always going to be there, but how do I learn to dance with it rather than like fight it? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really, really interesting. Since we've had so many changes in the past couple of years with everything, like a huge focus being online, how has branding evolved in general? Like it's not just like a little logo anymore. How has it evolved in your eyes? Oh my gosh. I could talk about this forever. Um, So (laughs) obviously branding is my specialty. And I remember when I started a few years ago and everybody wanted to fit everything in their logo. I mean, do we remember the teal and the gold and the feathers and like the script ugly fonts? One thing that I like to talk about is yes, we may be small businesses, but we need to stop separating ourselves from large corporations. Like look at Apple, look at Target, look at Anthropology, look at The Way, like look at all of these goop, amazing, beautiful brands that are so strong and solid and wonderful. What are they doing? How is their brand? Branding, good branding creates a feeling it's an experience. It's no matter if you're stepping into the Instagram profile, their website, their store, whatever it is, that feeling that you get 
that is their, they have manufactured that feeling for you. So that's what good branding does. It creates a feeling. And I think that a lot of small businesses, you know, a few years ago were playing so small and they were trying to fit their whole brand into their logo. And that's just not how it works anymore. It's like your logo and your brand or your logo and your color palette and your type suite and your photography and video, your media and your layouts, all of it plays together to create a feeling. And I think before there was a lack of brand strategy because we have to think about a us as humans and what do we like as business owners? And then who is our target market? Who is that dream client? The more you know that avatar, the better you can like sell to them. And the better you can, basically what you need to do is you need to take yourself and you need to take the, your target market and create a feeling based off of what resonates with those two. It's a balancing act. Um, we also have to personify our businesses now. Like High Moon Studio wouldn't be as strong if I wasn't the face of the business, right? Because they, people get to know me. They're not just buying because they like the product. They're buying because they like you, whoever you are. So being authentic and really stepping outside of like, what everybody else is doing is more important than ever right now because the market is becoming so saturated. It doesn't mean that you can't start a business. It just means that you have to nail what you're doing. It's what is your point of view and how can you create a brand that explains and like says or sells whatever your service or product is based on that point of view and just stay authentic to that. So good. When I said take notes, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Everyone go back and listen to that because that is exactly what we all needed to hear. And I like, I just like the way you put that, that it should be a balancing act of you and like who you're serving. I've never heard it said that way. And I think that really helps because sometimes I think we are focusing so much on, okay, like who it is, who we're selling to that we lose like authenticity and that personal touch. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are afraid to show their face and be the face for their business. So I think that that's a great way to think about it. Totally. Yeah. I get, cause obviously I have my students in my designer training and so many of them are like, what do I do if I'm scared to show up on Instagram stories or what if I, you know, and I'm like, you have something to say. It doesn't matter who you are, what point you're at in your business. There's somebody underneath you. Maybe you just started the business, but if you go on and you talk about that, there's going to be somebody under you who's working a nine to five, who dreams, who's dreaming of starting their own business, who just needs that extra push, who just needs to see that somebody else can do it because if somebody else can do it, they can do it. So it's about just really understanding that whoever you are, whatever your story is, you have a purpose. You know, you have something to say and people will listen and people are watching. People are definitely watching. Even if they're not liking and commenting, <laughs> they're watching. So consistency is key when it comes to that as well. Yes. So true. And while we're talking about branding, could you give us just like maybe top two or top three branding mistakes you see that we need to stop? Okay. So the first one is just in general, staying consistent and having an actual brand. Um, I see so many people who don't, and they think that they do, but they're using like a bunch of different typefaces. They don't stick to what their brand truly is. They didn't actually go through the brand strategy process and say, okay, what are the keywords? What are the feelings that I want to evoke in my target audience when they enter my space, wherever that is? Um, they don't go through creative directions. And when I talk creative directions, I mean, how are you executing the feeling? Is it through strokes and lines? Is it that dainty, you know, 
type of feel? Is it through gradients? If you have like a really fun brand, is it through color blocking? Is it through, you know, nature, having nature elements in your brand. And then when you have that creative direction, it's set, it's like your North star. It's like whatever you create, whether it's a Canva graphic or your website or your Instagram highlight icons, you can look to that North star and say, okay, I know what I need to do rather than sitting there and being like, you know, I see all these business owners go to Canva and they just pick out like a layout on Canva and they just use the fonts that are in there. It's like, no, 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 no. You need to have your typefaces. And that's, I'm going to say that's number two because the type is very difficult. So if you can nail type, you will be better than 90% of people. Truly. I think that creative market can be great, but if you're trying to build a solid brand and I speak on luxury brands, right? Like I want everybody to have a luxury brand. This is not about like, Oh, just a starter brand. No, 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 no. Um, I'm speaking to luxury here. You need to go and buy a true typeface from a foundry. Like type wolf is one of my favorite resources for that. If anybody wants to do a little more research on type, I am actually in the process of also creating a type resource because I know that it's so needed and like type wolf can't be the only place. <laughs> so I'm going to create this whole type website for people with a bunch awesome. of type pairings, which is really fun. So you should have a subhead, a title and a body copy font, and you should use those style them. And what I mean by style is if you're going to use your title in all caps, use it in all caps all the time. You know, if you're going to have a subhead, if you're going to put it in all caps, use it in all caps all the time. You know, if you're going to have a serif for your body copy font, use that specific serif for every body copy font everywhere across your brand. So it's that consistency, having the type, all of that. And then the third thing that a lot of people mess up is they don't think outside the box. Trends come and go so fast in the branding space so fast. Like you remember this past year, it was like very vintage feeling fonts, typefaces. Um, they, they come and they go so fast. And this is just specifically, I don't ever, for the most part, use script fonts ever. That's because like the ones font, that kind of look like calligraphy. Is that? Yes. Okay. Yes. And the reason why I don't is because those typefaces, A, they're meant to look like handwriting, right? That's the point of them is to have a handwritten feel. So if you're going to do a handwritten thing, like a logo, for instance, just handwrite it, do it in handwriting. You know, there's very few script fonts that truly look like handwriting um, or give the vibe of a luxe feel. A lot of them feel a bit childish and such. And the ones that are really good, once somebody finds it, like Jenna Kutcher, for instance, always has a little script on her site, but she uses it correctly. Her designer uses it correctly. Everybody starts using that typeface and then everybody looks the same. And so it's like, why would you want to look the same as everybody else? I mean, I update my brand so often, which a lot of people would be probably be like, why isn't branding supposed to be timeless? But for me, I get so many people who copy my color, my typefaces, my layouts, everything. Um, and I definitely am somebody who wants to be a trendsetter in this space. And I do look at myself as a trendsetter. So I have to consistently, every six months, refresh my stuff. I mean, it all is always looks like High Moon Studio. It's not crazy different, but I have to update it because people copy me. And that copying somebody else, it's doing yourself a disservice. It's literally, you're, you're already immediately 10 steps behind. So just step outside of that 
and think outside the box and say, how can I be different? Move and create from a place like that. And you'll create such a stronger brand than, than anything on the market. So so helpful that those are amazing. Thank you. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like remember that. <laughs> so good. Thank you. And honestly, we are so excited for your type resource because that is a struggle, like figuring out which ones go with each other. So I'm excited. <laughs> yes. It's hard. It's, there's a lot of education that goes behind that. So I'm excited to, to release it. So it's a little easier, make the world a better place. One type suite at a time. <laughs> And I think that's helpful too, for even people trying to discover their brand voice and look to think about those things too. Like, am I creating something that's authentic to me or am I just kind of copying what I'm seeing? So I think that's a really good tip for kind of our mistakes for established brands, but also for those starting. Totally. One last question. Then we're going to head into the working girl talk top 10 real quick. Number one piece of advice for somebody who's just just diving into the space to be a web designer? Ooh, analyze. Instead of just looking at something and saying, oh, that's really pretty. Think to yourself all the time with whatever you come in contact with, brand-wise, website-wise, because it all plays together, even interiors, anything regarding art, creativity, et cetera. Analyze it and say, why is it beautiful? What did they do right? That's something that we have so many beautiful brands at our fingertips to sit and study. So it's literally like study what you see and you think is pretty. Like ask yourself, why? Why do I think this is beautiful? Because that's when you're going to really start connecting the dots. Even in interior, I get so much inspiration from fashion design, interior design into my digital space. And I think it's so beautiful to see different industries kind of collide artistically. So finding that, I think... A lot of it's like finding your style and people ask me all the time is, how do I find my style? And it's just about analyzing, like I said, and then just doing the work, just doing a bunch of work. So if you're doing a bunch of work and you're constantly analyzing your surroundings and why you think things are beautiful or not beautiful, that's going to take you so far. Honestly, that is great advice for anyone in this creative space. So amazing. So let's dive into the working girl talk top 10 before you go. Just a list of 10 quick questions to help us learn more about you. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) First one, my first job ever. Dairy queen. I used to actually decorate cakes, which was really fun. Oh, fun. And okay. It goes back to the whole like creative thing too. Like, Mm -hmm. yep. An essential part of my morning routine is meditating and journaling. Now that's something that I've recently picked up and it has been game changing. (laughs) So highly suggest it. Love. Next one. I'm obsessed with blank right now. Anything you're obsessed with food, show, product, animal, whatever you're obsessed Mm. with. Marble. I know that's really random, but I've been so obsessed with like marble texture and design. So that's another thing about like bringing in interiors into design. I love texture. So just, I guess, texture in general. (laughs) Love it. A girl boss that I look up to is... Ooh, um, I'm really obsessed with influencers turned entrepreneurs. I think that it's so amazing that they have this um, savvy, you know, business aspect of themselves. So like Mariana Hewitt, yes. Lauren, uh, Gor- oh, gosh, Gor- I don't know how to say her. 
Gores or something like that. Yeah. Are you talking yeah. about the Summer Fridays co-founder? Yeah. yeah, yeah yes, yeah. yes, yes. So yeah. love them. They are I look so up cool. to them and because they're so aesthetic, but they're also business savvy, which is totally my jam. <laughs> Favorite account to follow on Instagram? I would say Sivan, Sivan Ayla. I'm obsessed with her aesthetic and she's super funny. So love her. Love. I have blank at my desk always. Something to drink, like multiple <laughs> beverages. Like right now I have a water and a coffee, but you know, sometimes it's a juice or a Olipop or, or whatever. It's <laughs> always something to drink. Smart. We love hydration. Something I'm excited about that's coming up. Oh my gosh. So many things. <laughs> uh, so many things I can't even touch on. Um, but one thing I will say is I'm going to start a new business. It's a product-based business, which is very different for me. Um, obviously there's going to be amazing branding. It's going to be branded so incredibly, but I'm really excited to hop into this new space and it's something that everybody can have in their household. Um, so I just want to bring a little bit of happiness to people every day. And that's, all I'll say. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. We are like on the edge of our seats now. I'm so excited. <laughs> Next one. Proudest moment in your career so far. Oh my gosh. I will say, I think that we as business owners need to stop and uh, be proud of ourselves a little bit more. Um, we're so go, go, go all the time that that's my only regret is not taking more space to be like, girl, you're killing it. Um, <laughs> I think probably hitting my first six figures was really exciting for me. Um, I, like I mentioned, my first year made 85. And so this year, I mean, in January, I wrote down my goals for this year and it was like hit six figures, hit 10K on Instagram. And I have like completely surpassed that, you know, I think we might hit like 800 plus this year, which is wow. really exciting. But when I hit that first hundred, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. And money is not everything. I don't care about money at all, but it's just a good indication, you know, that you're doing well and that you're helping a lot of people. To me, it's more of an indication of the amount of people that I'm able to help. So that was really exciting for me. And also just finishing up this first designer training 1.0, I, I seriously cried our last day. I was like, you guys, I love you so much. It was just, you know, just a very, very, just lots of, just this whole year has been um, lots of lows, but lots and lots of highs. I've been so grateful. Love. That is amazing. And two more. When I first started my business, I wish I knew blank. I wish I knew that I didn't have to feel like I needed to know everything. I think when you start, you feel like there's the weight of the world on your shoulders or the weight of, you know, there's just a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to know everything. You just figure it out as you go. Like chill out, chill out, like do the work, but chill out. Don't be so hard on yourself. Agree. Love it. And last one, number 10, I am inspired by blank, whatever inspires you. I think just energy, <laughs> um, random, but you know, when you walk into like a coffee shop or even if you meet up with a friend for a glass of wine and it's just this energy. It's like intoxicating no matter what it is. It's like you feel so good. And in those moments, that's when I really see my brain like firing up. It's like that intoxicating energy, whether it's, you know, 
from you going on a walk and just being in the sun and feeling that, that just fullness of the sun and mother nature, or, you know, walking into a space that you feel so oddly, strangely familiar with and connected to, or, you know, meeting up with that friend who has just this high vibe, high energy, anything that's like good energy totally inspires me. Love, love. We love the good vibes. So great answer. You made it through the top 10. Great job, Alex. <laughs> where, <laughs> where can everyone follow you and High Moon Studio and check out all the awesome stuff you're doing? So we're on Instagram at High Moon Studio. And then our website link is right there. We also have a podcast as well called Dream Smarter Podcast. That's also linked in the High Moon Studio account. So you guys can just follow us there. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Alex. Wasn't she so fun? Loved chatting with her. Make sure to go check out High Moon Studio. Their content is awesome. It's so beautifully branded. Get all the inspiration from her and her posts. And make sure to check out her podcast too. I love listening to her podcast. And last but not least, every episode of Working Girl Talk ends with a Friday favorite. So today's Friday favorite is a quote. I saw this on Pinterest. I've just been in the Pinterest realm this week, you know, just getting that inspo. This quote is take the risk or lose the chance. Pretty simple, pretty short, but I love the meaning behind it. Take the risk or lose the chance. Sometimes you just have to go for it, say yes to something, even if you don't have it figured out and just go from there because you may otherwise lose that chance to ever do it. So there's some inspo for you today. Make sure to just go for it. And if you need some extra inspo and that push to go for it, listen to episode 83 that we did last week on my experience with Al Roker and the Today Show. (laughs) If you didn't listen to that one, make sure to go check that out. And That's all about why you should just go for it and don't be afraid to stand out. Thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk. If anything resonated with you today, make sure to take a screenshot of you listening to the episode or a little selfie of yourself listening. Tag at Working Girl Talk and tag Alex too because since she's our guest today, I'm sure she'd love to see it as well. Leave a review if you haven't already. Those reviews mean so much to me. I love hearing what you have to say and Apple likes them too. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I will talk to you next week. 